0: see you this morning. Let's all stand. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. We're going to start with a little I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Are you ready this morning? Can everybody smile at me? All right. Let's sing it out together. Here we go. That this morning? He can turn graves into gardens, seas into highways. He can turn bones into armies. Amen. Well, if you believe it, put a smile on your face because you're saved and turn around and tell somebody you sure do look good this morning. All right. And then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. can find your place and be seated for just a moment, and uh, we are going to continue to worship. Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? that just make your day right there, won't it? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to have some announcements, if you would, and then uh, Brother Richard and Miss Tracy are going to share a song with us, but let me get through these announcements. Uh, First things first. Uh, If you are a a guest today for the first time or second time, uh, we don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to get you to fill out a card so we can uh, uh, know that you were here. So if you're a first time visitor, just lift up a hand and one of our ushers will get a card to you. Got two over here, got two over there. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Somebody uh, will get you a card. Fill that out if you would, and then put it in the basket on the way out the door today. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we count it honor and privilege that you came to worship with us today. All right, let me give you some announcements real quick, all right? Uh, don't forget, when, every Wednesday, we have a full slate of activities. Wednesday mornings, we have a Bible study, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. If you want to come, that's awesome. If you want to bring donuts, that's even more awesome. And if you want to bring pigs in a blanket, that's even awesomer. Amen. <laughs> So uh, but we study the word of God in amongst all those donuts and pigs in a blanket and uh, we'll We have a good time usually have 11 to 15 somewhere in there So come if you can 10 a.m. on Sunday uh, Wednesday mornings and then every Wednesday night We have a dinner at 6 and then uh, services at 7 at 7 o'clock We have a youth service meets in here just teenagers just a service for them Uh, Kids service in the middle uh, Which we're fixing to have back here in our new children's building gonna be finished in just a little bit. Amen They keep telling me two more weeks two more weeks two more weeks. That's been about 16 weeks ago. Amen Uh, But if you've built anything recently you kind of know that's just how it goes all right So uh, but uh, they have a service and then the adults we have Bible study in the uh, in the fellowship hall down there So it's a wonderful wonderful deal Uh, don't forget Always need more help teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers for sunday morning and wednesday nights You can see miss cindy over here. Uh, if you can help with that raise your hand miss cindy Uh, even if you do, you're not a teacher you say well, maybe i'm not a teacher, but that's okay We they just need help sometimes to corral Uh, if you know what corral means amen with kids so uh, so see them if you can help on sunday mornings or wednesday nights Uh, don't forget giving uh, you can do giving uh live and in person with an envelope and uh, you do cash or check or you can give online Uh, this is the more modern way to do it and you you do that by going to giving.landmarktyler.com you set it up one time and it's ready to go and you can give that way a much easier way uh, for a lot of people Uh, don't forget we are starting a new class on sunday march 19th called life's healing choices and it's kind of based on celebrate recovery And you may say, well, Brother Mark, I would love to go, but I do not have a problem with drugs or alcohol. That's not what I said. Amen. Uh, If you uh, ever look at Celebrate Recovery, uh, the title of it is for people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And you may not have a habit, but guess what? There's still two others there. Hurts and hang-ups. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've had trouble getting over a certain time in your life. Maybe you've been hurt. And uh, maybe you've experienced trauma in your life or abuse in your life, and you have, you're having trouble getting over that. That's, this is what it's there for also. So it is an eight-week class, and I'll be teaching it, and then we'll divide up into small groups. Uh, but uh, it's going to start on March the 19th. We're still trying to uh, find a time. I'll have a sign-up sheet next week, and we'll see what the time is that works best for everybody. Uh, Don't forget uh, movie night tonight. Uh, Once a month, we do a movie night. We're watching The Chosen. We're in season one. Yeah, give it a hand. Amen. Um, Free candy and free popcorn. I mean, what else do you need? Amen. So come. We'll give you some free candy, free popcorn, and we'll watch some of The Chosen. Uh, Don't forget also the True Girl Pajama Party. Uh, guys do not come to this Uh, uh, and don't show up in your underwear Uh, so it is a true girl pajama party all right now there's been some confusion it is not an all-night deal it is from 6 30 to 9 this is a deal they do all across the country and it's for girls uh, K through 12 and their moms grandmas uh, any adult figure in their life uh, because it's kind of designed to bring y'all together okay so it's from 6:30 to 9. It will be at New Life Worship Center. Uh, see Miss Cindy; she's putting all that together. We have 52 tickets. We're going to take as many kids as we can. If you can pay for a ticket, they're $15 each. If you can't pay for a ticket, that's not a problem. Amen. Our policy here at Landmark is: you did not go because you couldn't pay for it. Amen. Because we will take care of it if you need us to. All right. So we have the tickets; the, they're ready to go and uh, see miss cindy there's a sign-up sheet on the back table put your name on there all right and uh life recovery class today uh at one o'clock is that correct maybe one o'clock okay good and then i have one more announcement here uh we need some more waters we're always going through a lot of waters. so if you can bring uh not just the big bottles of water but we also need the little uh, small bottles of water so if you can bring those and donate them just put them in the fellowship hall And we go through a ton of those uh, in everything that we do, all the activities here. Uh, Then I have this. Uh, We will be having a church-wide garage sale on the 14th and 15th of April. If you want to donate anything for this, please uh, price your things and bring to the church on Thursday, April 13th. Uh, The money that we raise will go to help our church. And I believe Miss Pat is kind of heading this up. Raise your hand, Miss Pat, if you would. And so you can see her. uh, If you... uh, do that. We are asking you to price your own stuff. One of the things that takes the longest is trying to go through all this stuff and price it. So you will help us a lot by whatever you bring, price it yourself. Okay. But all the proceeds will go to the church. All right. All right. God bless you. Uh, let's stand and we're going to continue to worship. All right. Yep. Oh wait. Oh, we got to. Never mind. Sit. Sorry. I spoke out of turn. Brother Mark got too much going on in his brain. Amen. Come on out here, uh, Mr. Uh, Miss Tracy and Brother Richard. Amen. Yeah, go on out there, brother. Yeah, let me turn your microphone on. see your microphone. See when it's got that red on it? Red's bad. Green is good. It's, good. it's always an honor to sing in front of the church or give your testimony. We should encourage each other. We're glad to be here. We're going to sing a song that will, I hope it will encourage
1: you. The name of it is Redeemed.
0: good stuff, isn't
2: it? Amen. So this next song, you can stand back up or you can kneel. We're going to sing about our Holy Spirit this morning. We want him to be in this place this morning, don't you? It's all about Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit that directs us. And we just want you to just, if you haven't, just focused on him this morning. Just let's do that. Now as we sing, there's nothing worth more than that ever will come close but the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare.
0: much, God, for your presence in this place. If you would, just be silent before the Lord for just a moment. I believe in worship, we get what we come for, we get what we come expecting, so I want us to just take a moment in silence to prepare our hearts for what God wants to say to us today. So just spend a moment, talk to the Lord, ask the Lord, if you would, to speak to your heart this morning in the silence of the moment. this atmosphere Lord we feel your presence this morning we feel your presence we feel God your Holy Spirit in this place God we ask you would you move in an incredible way Lord I pray that as brother Martin comes God would you use him in an incredible way today would you speak through him in an incredible way Father, we ask you to be with this time now. We worship you. We praise you. Lord, show up in this place. I pray that you would bind up the enemy and his demons from this place. You have no business here. In the name of Jesus, we command you, you must leave this place, leave this building, leave this property. And now we ask you, Holy Spirit, you speak to every heart in this place. Have your freedom, Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offer this morning, if you would. Amen. You can be seated, and if you've got children that would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy over there at the door, and uh, we are so glad. Give, give our children and our children's church workers a big hand, if you would, always. Amen. Amen. And uh, Brother Martin is going to share what the Lord has put on his heart this morning. Give Brother Martin a big hand, if you would. Amen. Brother Martin,
1: here you go. Thank you, thank you. All right, I'm so glad you could be here this morning. Um, Let's see here. So, the title of my message this morning is The Son of Man, and um, we're going to be working out of the Bible out of John 2, verse 1 through 11. John 2, verse 1 through 11, I'm sure it's probably a passage of Scripture that most of us are acquainted with. And so, you know, binging on these uh, streaming things has become something kind of popular and new. And so, I've binged on the show Narcos. I've binged on lots of other shows. And so, this past week and a half, I binged on The Chosen. There's two seasons of it. And so, that was really kind of my, I guess whatever influence of that and I've also uh the past few months I've been teaching uh the adult Sunday school and we've been working out of the book of John and so when I first gave my life to Christ um you know a lot of pastors will tell you the very first book that you should read is the book of John and so I I remember reading the book of John a long long time ago and I thought man I'm just going to kind of breeze through this it's going to be you know gonna drop some knowledge on these people and then I'm gonna be like I'm out brother mark take over and it has gone slow as molasses because there is so much knowledge so much truth so much wisdom in the book of John that I may get through one verse and we just had the most amazing Sunday school ever and so I don't know I don't know about you but for me it's, it's really, really easy, or I, or I grew up knowing that Jesus was the Son of God. Like, that's easy in my mind, the Son of God. It, it's real easy to know that part. Um, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Even before I was saved, absolutely. I know Jesus is the Son of God. And so I think for me especially, knowing that he was the Son of God, um, it almost seemed like there was a, 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 I guess, a distance between me and that. Because the Son of God is something to be revered. It's something that's up here because the word God, you know, I grew up thinking maybe I'm not worthy of God. God is above me. I'm down here. And so the book of John, what it ended up doing, it ended up switching my brain or switching my, my thinking that Jesus, or teaching me that Jesus is also the Son of Man. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but if I had not ever known the Son of Man, I never would have given my life to Christ. Because I grew up thinking and I grew up being taught that, that, you know, God is up here. And so in my mind, in my finite mind, I have to work my way to God. I have to find my way up to God. And I grew up thinking that the way that I know that if I'm going to go to heaven is if I do enough good things to outweigh the bad things. And I remember when Brother Mike asked me if I was going to heaven. Well, I hope so. What are you basing that on? I hope I've done enough good things to outweigh the bad things that I've done. I knew who the Son of God was. I believed in the Son of God. But then all of a sudden, Brother Mike taught me that the Son of Man also came to set me free. Now, I'm the kind of person, and I've said this 100,000 times, and I'll probably say it another 100,000 before I pass away. People that reach me, the people that, that can get to me that make sense in my head and something clicks inside are people that have the knowledge of doing, not reading. What does that mean? I respect people that have been there, have done that, have had that struggle, have had that experience, and they say, I know how you feel because I've been there. I know what you're going through because I've been there. Not, well, let me see what my psychology book says on page 365. Well, somebody that has your personality, this is what the book says. No, 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 no. I want the person that says, I too was in that dark spot. I too know what that feels like. I too know what you've been through. Amen. And so when I see the the title of my sermon, the Son of Man, and what we're going to cover, it's going to take the Son of God, or my experience, and it's going to turn him into the Son of Man. And yes, he is the Son of God. Jesus was all God, but he was all man as well. And it made such a difference in my life. It made such a difference in my thinking. It made such a difference in who I am when when I could say, Jesus didn't read it out of a book. He didn't command it from up on high. He is God with us. He came and he is the son of man. And when 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 I lose, when somebody loses a loved one, he knows what it's like because he lost loved ones. When I experience hunger, he knows what that's like. When I experience loneliness, he knows what that's like. When I experience Things that are in this world, in this flesh, human experiences, guess what? The Son of Man also experienced the very same things. That's my Savior. That's my God. That's my Jesus. And so the book of John actually starts, you, you know, and again, I, I've been binging the, the, the show, The Chosen, and he's asking John, where should I start? Where should I start? What's your favorite verse? And then John, John's like, well, I really like the first part of Moses where he, said, where he says, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. You know, the, the things that God said, let there, let there, let there, he spoke it into existence, Right. And so then then it cracks me up because the book of John establishes that right off the bat because the very first verse in in the book of John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is saying Jesus was there when it was all spoken into existence, but the Word was used to create things, and who is the Word? Jesus is the Word. So Jesus was there when everything was created, and the Word was God. That means Jesus is God. And then it goes on to say he was God with God in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made. And John establishes right off the bat, Jesus is the son of God. He was there in the beginning. He is the word. So the word spoke everything to, into existence. Therefore Jesus was there, he created it all. But we're going to learn today that the one that was there in the beginning Chose to come down and not only be the Son of God, but be the Son of Man as well. And lower himself down to where I am, and lower himself down to my experience, so that I could know the Son of God by knowing the Son of Man. Amen. Amen. I'm thick headed. things don't make sense to me sometimes the way some people get them and so we're gonna we're gonna go through a through a passage of scripture that if you've been in any church you've heard it many many times and it's, it always focuses on the miracle, and the miracle is great, and everything is amazing, and everything about it is awesome. And there's actually seven miracles that are performed by Jesus in the book of John, and this this is the very first one, and it is it is the miracle of Jesus turning into wine. Just about every person under the sun can tell you, well, Jesus turned water into wine. That's why I drink it. I've probably said that at some point <laughs> before. I was saved. what I want to get to you today, what I, I want to remind myself of today. If if you don't know, Brother Mark reminds us very very often that we're people just like everybody else. We struggle just like everybody else, because he's the pastor and I'm I'm the I'm a pastor it doesn't mean that our problems drop off any more than yours do. As a matter of fact, one of the first truths that Brother Mike taught me was like, congratulations, buddy, you just put a big target on your back. And uh, guess what? He is going to come after you with everything that has worked before. So be ready, be prepared. And so let's go to this little scene that we have. So we're going to look at the first two verses And we're going to break it down how it applies to us and how the Son of Man can be reminded, we can be reminded of who he is and how he chose to come down to earth so that we could be, uh, we could know him in a different way. At least that's my experience. So verse 1 and 2, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. So, when you speak of a wedding in, in Jewish culture in this day and time, I'm a, I've been thinking, you know, well, you know, I, I love American weddings, or as I tell my wife, I love white weddings. It's like wham, bam, let's go. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Like, y'all, y'all don't play around. I do, I do, done, go. I don't know if you've ever been to a Mexican wedding, but they're a lot like these Jewish weddings. I mean, they may have partied for a day. They may have partied for a week. They were going to have a party, and it wasn't going to be by the power of God in the state of Texas, five minutes later, walk down the aisle, you are married. It was going to be a long, drawn-out event, and I don't know if you've had much experience with Hispanic culture, but we know how to party. We just do. I mean, the baby's first tooth came in, let's party. And it's going to be a three-day party. There's 32 more other teeth, so we're going to have lots of parties. And so what I'm trying to get to you is that Jesus is at a family event. Jesus is at a family function. One thing that sometimes I think we can get caught up in, and I know I did, for the longest time, I just think of Jesus as the son of God and he's all holy and he just walks around life and, you know, he really doesn't have relationships with anybody because he is the son of God. But Jesus had a family like I do. Jesus had a family just like you do. My mind was blown where I saw that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh. My mind is blown. I had to sit there like a bump on the log for a while. But Mary was a virgin. Martin, are you that dumb? No, Brother Mike, but explain it to me. Joseph was a man. You think that man didn't have knees like any other man? But I've always been told Mary the virgin. Well, she wasn't a virgin all the whole her life. Jesus had brothers and sisters. It went against everything I'd ever known and been taught. So here Jesus is at a cousin, at a brother, at a sister. He's at somebody's wedding, and he is just there with his guests and his friends. If you're, if you're watching The Chosen, he shows up with some of his disciples. And so this scene teaches us that Jesus is in everyday moments. He is in every... His life was just like ours. Everyday moments, everyday events. You know, he probably had to figure out that, you know, he was washing his hair sometimes because he didn't want to go to something. Or we'll just send a note, or can you just tell him I'm sick because I don't want to be there. You know, he had an everyday life. He had everyday moments. And so I guess to me, knowing that Jesus was the Son of Man made him real to me because every experience I know, everything that I experience, every event I go to, Jesus had the exact same things. Not the same time frame, but he had the exact same family dramas, family situations. He had all those things, and so all of a sudden, Jesus went from being the Son of God to knowing what I go through every day with my family. And some of you have family. You can't stand it. I'm sure Jesus had some family he couldn't stand. Well, he probably forgave them, but <laughs> So when when I when I learned that Jesus goes through everyday situations, it made a huge difference in my thinking of God being real to me. God being here for me. Why? Because he experienced it, he lived it, he knew it. And so the second part of of this this passage of Scripture, it says, Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, in this area of Scripture, this part of Scripture, is that once Jesus or once God became real to me, you know, when we get saved, when we give our lives to Christ, doesn't necessarily mean we give him all the areas of our lives to see. Because when I got saved, there were still areas that I struggled with. There are still areas that I struggle with. There are still things that I, traps I may fall into. And I'm like, God, you can have me show up as the youth pastor. You can have me doing this. You can have me doing this, this. I'm willing to do all that. But I I don't want you, I don't want you to go into into the pantry of of the house. I, I don't want you to see that area of my life. And so the second verse and how it made it real to me on this is that Jesus is not a God that's going to force you into doing something you don't want. God is a God of choice. God is a God of free will. Jesus is one that if you invite him into your situation, if you invite him into the room, he will show up. He didn't just show up because, oh, I'm going to a wedding. No, the Bible simply says that him and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, the second part of this is that Jesus is at a big function. It is a big day. It's a big family event. And sometimes that's how we treat Jesus throughout the week. I'll show up on Sunday. And Jesus can be part of my Sunday. But what about my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because my Wednesday... Well, I got something to do on Wednesday or I'll let him show up on Sunday and Wednesday, but I'm not going to invite him into my Friday and Saturday. Jesus is there for the week. Jesus is there for every day that that party lasts. And so many times in whatever areas, whatever days of our lives, we only want Jesus for the special day, which in our culture is when? Sunday. And it's for one hour, right? You know, I talk to people all day, every day of the week, and I was speaking to a gentleman, we'll call him that, gentleman from Maryland, he's a Yankee, (laughs) and he decided to, uh, Just let me know that Southerners are not as articulate as he is in his everyday verbiage. (laughs) I did not want to invite Jesus into my day on Thursday at that point in time. He not only said that, he stated it several times, and he he's, I can look and see who he has spoken to, and one of my coworkers wrote on there, the, the client asked to be transferred to somebody else. He had spoken to two ladies before me, and he said, I spoke to some of your colleagues and they're women, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that they're from the South also, and they were a little bit slow for me. And so, therefore, I asked to speak to somebody else, and I really didn't want to invite Jesus into that moment on that day, because I had something to say to this gentleman with my southern drawl or southern accent. Now, the guy couldn't pronounce one word from another, but I didn't have the word the heart to tell. Now, he was in Maryland, so I'm picturing him in Washington, D.C., along with the rest of the minutiae there, but... It's so easy to invite Jesus to big events or big things, but sometimes it can be hard to invite him into the things we're not comfortable with. Sometimes it's so hard to invite him into every part of our life, every aspect of our life. And I promise you, every... single person here there are areas of your life there are days of your life there are hours there are moments of your life that we need to invite Jesus into but we choose not to And so the second second verse for me, it makes sense to me that God's not going to force himself upon me. Even though I'm saved, even though I'm heaven bound, I will always be growing towards God. I will always be growing with Jesus, or I'm always going to be moving away from God. But it's up to me, and it's up to me to invite him into all areas of my life. Because the beginning of John goes on to say that, He is the light, and the light, or darkness could not overcome the light, but sometimes in some areas of our life, we choose to be in the darkness instead of inviting Jesus into the light so that we can have healing and we can have hope and we can have growth in who we are for God. Why is that important, Brother Martin? Because somebody struggles with what you struggle with, and you're going to be put in the position to help them. But if you never help yourself, you'll never understand how to help them. And to me, that always, I don't want to say scares me, but it motivates me. Um, you know, something I, I've, I've taught my kids, all, all my youth kids over time is counseling is good for everybody. 100%, absolutely good for everybody. There probably would have been a time and day where Brother Mark gets up here, I get up here, and I say, I go to a counselor. And that would have been shameful. That would have been looked back because he's the pastor. He doesn't need a counselor. He is the counselor. But whether you know it or not, there's things in our lives that happen to us, have happened to us. And they don't have to be some big tragic thing. They can be the smallest thing, but we take it and we... We give it power over us, and sometimes we have to have others teach us how to get past those things. The only way that they're able to teach us is because they had to do it. So I want to be the best equipped person that I can be that when somebody comes to me, I know how to to get past that because I had to do it myself. I, too, have struggled with that because I, I, I can get past that because I struggle with that. And if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. And sometimes the only way or a big part of that in me is inviting Jesus to my everyday events and my everyday life. Amen. Amen. And one thing that God will always do is he'll always show up when we ask him to. I don't know what, I don't know how long you've been a Christian or if you are a Christian, but if, you, if you've been a Christian any ma- amount of time, you know, you know that you've called out to God before, and he's never not shown up. One, one of the songs that I love to listen to and I belt out in the morning in the, in the shower is, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. I've seen you do it before, and I'm inviting you in this place, and Lord, I need you to do it again. I've seen you do it yesterday, I need you to do it today. I saw you do it 10 years ago, I need you to do it again. Why? Because there's times that I may get into the habit of not inviting him into parts of my life that I'm struggling with and I already know the answer, but I forget that he's done it before and I need him to do it again. Let's go to the next part of scripture, verse 3 through 9. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says, you do it. Now there were were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece, Jesus said to him, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was, that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Again, Jewish culture, Hispanic culture, very similar. I don't know if you've ever seen these trucks that have like a hundred cases of Modelo in the back of the truck because they're going to the baby's christening, (laughs) but it would be a travesty if you were at one of my family functions and the Modelo ran out. It would be a serious, serious travesty. And this is the problem that we have here is that the wine has run out and Jesus' mother comes to him and says they've run out of wine. That may not make a lot of sense to, to you, but in that culture, if you ran out of food, if you ran out of wine, if you didn't prepare properly, they could actually go to the authorities and say, Those people didn't do the right thing by our customs and culture, and they could find you. They could say, this wedding is no longer because you don't know how to provide for my daughter. You are not good enough to mix with our family. You're not good enough to be part of our lineage because you can't take care of things. Sometimes we look at that and we think that, oh, well, they just ran out of wine. What's the big deal? It has lots of ramifications that in our culture, we don't understand it. I do a little bit in my culture, but it it is a shameful thing. It's something that's going to bring shame on the family. It's going to bring shame on the bridegroom, and it's going to go throughout the whole village and area that those people aren't good enough because they ran out of wine. It's going to cause public embarrassment for all that family. So now we see what the problem is here. And we're going to see the Son of Man show up in an everyday situation, get involved. And take care of things only the way that the Son of Man can. Now, you know, I think y'all, probably most of y'all, I grew up Catholic, so, you know, Mary was like this person way up here. And to this day, I mean, it's hard not to see Mary, like, way up here. And so... There is one thing that I I do want to point out to you here, because Mary is a very wise person, because in verse five, she simply and this is this is really, really just if we would just follow what she says in verse five, she says, whatever it is, he says, you do it. That is her fix to everything. She comes to Jesus And she basically tells the servants, whatever it is that he says, I want you to do it. If we lived our lives like that, how much better would our lives be if we took Mary's advice? Whatever Jesus says, just do it. Whatever he commands you to do, just do it. I mean, she was Nike before Nike. Just do it. And can you imagine Mary shows up, and she knows he's the son of God. She's lived the experience. And she's asking her son, they've run out of wine, can you take care of us? Jesus responds and says, what does this have to do with me, woman? My time has not yet come. Now, that can be real easy to take a look at that and just be looking at a mother just asking her son for help. But but I, I want you to think about something for me real quick. Thirty years, thirty years of Mary hearing she has a bastard child. Thirty years of Mary being looked at sideways, Joseph's not the father of that child. I did the math. Thirty years of Mary being being told that she was almost sent away to have that child, but Joseph had mercy on her. Can you imagine, you know that this is God in his form, here on earth? And you ask him, now, I'm, in my mind, I'm picturing Mary just saying they've run out of wine. But can you imagine, in her mind, she may be thinking, I need you to show up, son. I need you to tell them who you are. I need you to show who you are. I need some vindication because I've put up with this for 30 years of people shaming me, people talking about me, people talking behind my back, people always looking down on me. I need you to show them who you are because I know who you are. And I need you to vindicate me. There's times in my life I feel like I've cried out to Jesus that way. God, you've shown up for me. I need you to show up so that I can be justified, so that I can be vindicated, so that I can, so that these people know who you are, Lord, so that they know that God is real, so that they know that you care about me. This was 30 years though. What is it for me to ask for five years? Because when we pray and we plead to Jesus, what do we want? What happens after a month? If You're not going to be there for me. I don't know that I can be there for you. If You're not going to fix my situation. I don't know that I can keep walking with you. God, you don't care about me. You asked me to follow you, but you don't care about me. And here Mary is doing this for 30 years. Son of God is easy. Son of man, as we work through the book of John, he calls out to his father, Father, if there's any other way, take it from me. Father, if I don't have to do this, take it from me. Father, if there's any other way, take it from me. 32 years, 33 years Jesus said that. What does that mean? That means there's some prayers, there's some things in my life, I'm going to ask God to show up, I'm going to ask God to be real, I'm going to ask God to be there, and God may not show up, God may not be there, He may not work things out the way I think they should work out, but at the end, I'll know the reason why. And let the Father's will be done, not mine. (laughs) I just gave you two examples of people crying out to God. Mary and the Son of Man, Jesus. Mary did end up, you know, getting what she wanted. People did end up believing in Jesus being the Son of God. Um, Jesus was not um, delivered from what he had to do here on earth. And so let's go to uh, let's see here we're going to go to verse 9. Let's see. When the master of the feast had tasted the mas- when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom You know, God always works things out in unconventional ways or ways that maybe don't make sense to you or make sense to me. I know that I have everything worked out of what God should do whenever I'm asking him. One of the parts that gets me and it cracks me up because I'm this way in uh, in the chosen is when the sons of thunder get the name their sons of thunder. And you have John and you have, uh, I believe it's Simon. That are, that are walking along and, and some Samaritans spit on Jesus and they're like, Lord, give us some power so we can bring thunder down on them and just annihilate them. I'm like, wouldn't that be amazing? Lord, let me get some thunder. There's a place in Maryland I'd love to bring some thunder down. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. The master of the feast is so impressed because this is the best wine that he's tasted and it doesn't make sense. And then he goes on to tell us it doesn't make sense in the next few verses because everybody saves the not so good wine till the end because we want to get you drunk, numb your senses, and then you can have the stuff you can't taste. We're going to bring on the Budweiser, and then we're going to bring in the bush. (laughs) Yeah, those of you who laugh know what I'm talking about. Pabst Blue Ribbon. (laughs) If, If anybody's been to Oklahoma, I don't know if it's still around college days, but there was one called Olympia. It was called It's the Water. That was their slogan. It tasted like water. Not good water either. God never shows up. The Son of Man never shows up the way that we think he should. It is always unconventional. And I don't know if this is proper or not, but one of my favorite movies is Eight Mile. And uh, on Eight Mile, Eminem, they always tell him, flip the script, flip the script. Always flip things, do something that doesn't make sense, do something that's unconventional. That's the way God always works. He flips the script. He always does things in a manner that may not make sense to us. But it's always unbelievable to others. And the master of the ceremony, the master of the feast, is thinking, this is amazing. Why has nobody ever thought of this? Nobody ever gives the best wine at the end. But he doesn't know the cost of that wine. He doesn't know what's happened. He doesn't know where it came from. Now, I want want you to picture the servants. They are going and they are drawing out six times 30. That's 180 gallons. And they're bringing it and they're pouring. And I'm sure those servants are sweating and they're tired. And they're, they're probably like, man, what are we doing bringing water to these vessels? We need wine. This is dumb. And then Jesus tells them, take some and take it to the master of the ceremonies. Can you imagine being the person, I'm taking this dude some water. This is going to be scary. And he gives them the water and he's like, bring the bridegroom to me. I told him he wasn't that drunk. The servants knew what it cost. The servants knew the hard work that had gone into it. The Son of Man was made real to the servants. Why? Because they were the ones struggling, bringing water in. They were the ones that had to have the courage to step out on faith, to step out and do something that was unconventional. And then it very explicitly says the servants knew where it came from. Why is that important? Because they knew it was a miracle. To some, it was just wine. To others, it cost them something. And they knew it was a miracle. And they knew where it came from. And the Son of Man was real to them. God's never going to work the way we think He should. He's never going to show up the way we think He should. But when He works in us and through us, It's an unbelievable moment for others that don't know the cost or don't know what happened. Amen? Amen. (laughs) I I was at a school board meeting this past Monday, and there was a, she's a paraprofessional of the month, (laughs) and this would have not been anybody that you would have ever thought would be teaching our children. That would have been the last thing that this person would have been doing, okay? Okay. So she gets up there, and we kind of grew up together, different grades, but she shook my hand, and I said, man, either we really have them fooled, or we've made some big changes in our lives. There was a point in time where you might see me as a leader, but it probably would have been the prison gang in the prison. That's where I was told I belong. That's where I was told I was good enough for. And so there's times when I had my 25th year reunion and I tell people, well, I'm a pastor. Man, I thought some of them were going to fall out dead. Um, They're like, you're a pastor. I'm like, yep, you never know who God uses. (laughs) There's people that see me. All they know is this. That's crazy to me. But there's people that see me And they're like, that's unbelievable. No, that's the son of man. Amen. I was definitely not the most likely to succeed. (laughs) So let's go verse 10 and 11. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So we've already kind of covered that, you know, it's unbelievable to uh, the master of the feast. He's like, this doesn't make sense. Oftentimes when Jesus is involved, it doesn't make sense. Again, Jesus became real to me when he became the son of man in my mind. And so the second part of that is is he, he not only showed up for the physical needs of the people, he also showed up for the spiritual needs of the people. So when Jesus shows up, when the Son of Man shows up, yes, he is the Son of God, and yes, he will grow your faith, and he will grow you spiritually, but also he will provide our needs here on this side of heaven. He will provide the worldly needs that we have. Does that mean you're going to get everything you want? Absolutely not. I'm still waiting on my yacht. I don't know what I'd do with a yacht. I'm not a boat person. I don't even know why I said yacht. (laughs) I wouldn't want a yacht. But then it goes on to say in verse 11, his disciples believed in him. Now, if you watch The Chosen, they've walked with him, they've talked with him, they've seen him do some good things, they always are trying to think of ways of how how they would do things, and this is one of the first passages where it says, they believed in him. Not they followed him, not they went with him, but they believed in him. This is where they have that aha moment, like I had in the book of John, of God is all God, Jesus was all God, but he's all man, therefore he relates to my everyday struggle, my everyday thing that's ever happened to me, he can relate to it. There's a part in there where they they find out that Jesus' dad died. That was another huge revelation to me because, you know, I didn't grow up studying the Bible, so Joseph died. Like, well, maybe he just wasn't mentioned. I don't know. But it was huge because some of you in here, you've lost your father. You've lost your mother. You've lost a loved one. My parents are still alive and well, so I don't know what that feels like. I know what losing a loved one feels like. But it gives me comfort knowing that the Son of Man was down here on earth. And he too knows what it's like to lose your mom, your dad. Well, really his dad, he died before his mom. But you you get what I'm saying. He went through every single thing that you and I go through. And then at the the last part of verse 11, (laughs) it goes on to say that he really manifests the future of this is how things are going to be in the future. This is how God works in the future. This is how God works here, but he's also going to work like that in your life. You know, later on, he goes on to feed 5,000, do six other miracles in the book of John. And what I really want you to take home today, what, what I'm trying to get across, what I'm reminding myself of more than anything is that God is real. God is all man. God knows me every everyday struggle that I go through. I can relate to everything that God went through and he's not reading out of a book. He lived it. He was there. He was not only the son of God, but to me it made more sense when I knew he was the son of man and he was all man. And it made me trust him in a deeper way. It made me see God and understand God In a deeper meaning. It made sense to me, and I hope that's what you take take out of it today, is that yes, Jesus is all God. But whatever need you have today, whether it's salvation, whether it's backslidden, whether it's a burden, whether it's a bad situation, whether it's a circumstance that's out of your control, whether it's a worry that you get up and you say, I'm not gonna pick up this worry again today. Lord, let me live in peace today, and you're not able to? Guess what? Jesus struggled with that too. And if, if he can do it, if he can show us how to get past those things, if you can look at his life and garner the wisdom of how he did it, then you and I can do it too. Does that mean a perfect life? No, 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 absolutely not. Does that mean a life without struggle? No. It just means a God that is real. And knows everything about what we go through. And like Mary said, do as he commands. And then our lives will become fuller. Not only because he was the son of God, but because he came to be the son of man as well. I want to share something with you real quick. And I know I'm going a little bit over, so Posados will have to wait. (laughs) My youngest daughter, she wrote... A little essay. She's trying to get a internship in Washington D.C. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> but guess what? God already knows. So she had a couple questions to answer, and I want to read you the answers to this. And this, to me, it ties up with this. Sure. Um, Both of my parents experienced poverty at times growing up. Despite that, they have always modeled caring and sharing what we have with others. We have never lived in the most opulent home or nicest neighborhood. But when someone has had a need, especially children, my parents have always found a way to provide food, clothes, and oftentimes a place to live. Many times they would sit my sister and I and have the conversation of if we were willing to give up our room or extracurricular activities if needed, It's no surprise that I inherited their same love and passion for helping others in need. In fifth grade, I had a friend confide in me how her parents were struggling and did not have enough money for new shoes or clothes that her siblings and her so desperately needed. So I approached my parents and remember going through our church congregation and asking our church for help. We raised over $500 for this family. My parents discreetly donated the money to the family, and I'll never forget seeing the excitement and joy her and her siblings had with their new clothes and shoes, and it still brings tears to my eyes. I never told her where that money came from, and throughout my life, I've always had a passion for volunteering instilled in me, especially organization that helps those in need or less fortunate, from shelters that help women find jobs after being sex trafficked, to organizing food drives, toy drives for the holidays, and school supply drives for families who may not be able to afford it otherwise. My favorite event to date has been Shoes for Kids, an annual drive to raise money at our local high school that takes many kids at the lower grade levels to buy two new pairs of shoes, watch a movie, eat pizza, and play at a local park or museum. This is so rewarding because this may be one of the few times these kids get something new, and can just be kids in a safe, nurturing environment. In college, I continue to get involved in my passion of helping others. Currently, I volunteer with an organization called All God's Children. Every Wednesday, we cook dinner for individuals struggling from homelessness. We attempt to not only feed them, but make them feel valued and seen. It has been modeled to me that who I am is way more important than what I achieve or do professionally. And for as long as I can make sure others are taken care of, then I know that I will be taken care of. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Now, I don't share that to say that I'm a great father. I share that because the Son of Man became real in my life, and to me that is fruit of the Son of Man being modeled in my kid's life. That's the son of man showing up in future generations because God made sense in my head. And so, (laughs) I guess if you're a young parent, I I encourage you. One of the greatest things that I ever did was raising my kids in a church that loves others. And and I know 100% regardless of what my kids go on to do, that when God became real in my life, it changed their life. And it changed their kids' lives. Now, they still had a choice, and they still have a choice. But to me, that's encouraging. Because she is involved with reaching out to homeless people. Austin's full of it. Where people would walk by, their church ministry reach out, feeds them, clothes them, and tries to love on them. Why? Because the Son of Man is real. Amen. Amen. i I do have one more thing um i did have a mother and child reach out to me this young lady's trying to take a trip to washington dc and new york i think the trip's like 2300 dollars. they've got all but about 500 of it it's one of our regular kids um if you want to donate that would be absolutely amazing if you don't that's absolutely fine too i can either send you the link and you can donate direct or give it to me and i'll donate it all at once but Again, we've always told our kids that, hey, if you have a need, if we can step in, we will try. I'm not asking to raise all of them. I'm just asking if you feel so moved, that may, because a lot of kids, their parents don't come, that may show that love. I don't know.
0: Amen. Amen. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm going to ask the band to come. If you would stand, and uh, we're going to give you a chance to respond to what the Lord uh, has talked to you about this morning. Uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, I, I'm going to just key in on what Brother Martin talked about this morning. Uh, because here's what here's what happens. Uh, all these miracles that Jesus did, you'll notice, I think, the key word that in every one of them is change. When Jesus enters the room or Jesus enters the situation, there's always change. He changed water into wine. He changed the blind eyes to seeing eyes. He changes the withered hand to a healthy whole hand. Anytime Jesus enters, there is change. And so I want to ask you today, just kind of in the moment with every head bowed, every eye closed, is there change? Has there been change in your life? Have you given your heart and life to him? Has he changed you? And then to every saved individual, are there some areas, Brother Martin talked about, the pantry of our lives, or I call it that secret closet. Are there areas in our life that we need to say, Lord, there needs to be change in my life in this area? I encourage you, Jesus. when Jesus enters the space, there is change. And some of us need change today. We need change this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if I were to die right now. I'm not even sure if I would even go to heaven. I'm not sure. Of my situation with Jesus, my my life situation, He is as simple as a prayer away. Maybe you're here today and you say, "Brother Mark, I've been saved, but I'm not living for Him." There's areas in my life that are not right, and I need to get them right. He is always a prayer away. I invite you to just say this prayer with me in your heart, mind, and spirit. Say, "Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I believe Jesus that You died on that cross for my sins." And right now, I just ask you, the best way I don't have, to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, save me, change me, bring change into my life. In Jesus' name. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer, I would not want to embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. Would you raise your hand if you prayed that prayer? Thank you. Hands all over. We're going to sing just a moment. Brother Martin is going to be on this side. I'll be on this side. If you need somebody to pray for you, you just need to come to the altar and pray. If you need to come and join the church, if you need uh, anything today, you come. Father, have your will and your waiter in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. Come
2: every soul by sin mercy will Tee!
0: song we're going to talk about, uh, sing this song about, I'm going to see a victory uh, for the battle belongs to the Lord. Whatever you're struggling with today, let's go out today knowing that if we can give our battles to him, he fights our battles. Let's sing it together if we could. All right. Amen. Father, we love you. We praise you, Lord. you. God, we thank you. We trust in that today, Lord, that God, we're going to see a victory, Lord. And we know that God, you fight the battle. You go before us. You fight all the battles for us. So we give you the rest of our day, the rest of our week as we go out from this place. May we be ambassadors for Christ as we go to our mission field, as we walk out these doors today in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Hope
2: you have a great rest of your Sunday.